T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Listen to every MLB game live. In the deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is high. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. This is Danny and Dusty. What God's name is going on in here? Blow that rocket. With Danny Murray and Dusty, the fan man Hera. What rockets? I was just in my office and I heard a rocket. Danny and Dusty on the Odyssey app. Describe the rocket, sir. And 1080. Don't mess with the bull, young man. You'll get the horn. The fan. All right, hour number three. Danny and Dusty with you. What a day it is. Should we just discuss what just happened? What? The, uh, a lone Mariners fan in the office coming around the corner going, is it still 3-0? The Mariners are up. Dusty had to uh, say no. No, in fact, it's 6-2 Mariners now. And- yeah. Yeah, which it doesn't. Uh, it does not bother me. It does not bother me. No? No. It's, just, it's a series. Right? Elimination games oh, okay. are what bother me. You know, like when, when the walls mm-hmm. are closing in. Crippling losses like mine. Uh no, those don't get to me either. Oh, okay. Really, I don't. I don't overreact to what happens on with sports and teams, because if I did, uh, I think my life would be a lot shorter, and I, I just wouldn't be that. I'd be mm. so angry, like I will be pissed when the Astros are eventually eliminated, but I will not let every any given play. Like this is the problem, is that. If you go through that, like, I don't know how you are with the video that we had of you last week. I don't know how you make it through a World Series without your heart exploding. Because if you react like that to every pitch, I I feel I have friends like that, man, where I'm just like, how do you guys do it? How do you do it? How do you go through like a whole World Series run if the wild card did that to you? I'm mostly just spent at that point. Man. Like I need a day off. Yeah. I'm telling you right now. If the Blazers win a title in my lifetime, it will be a week off. Yeah. It'll be a week. It'll be like the parade. I will be a sloppy, drunken mess. I don't drink. Like I will, I will get so loose if that happens. Yeah. I've always been a a person that uh, holds it, holds all of my anger and rage inside of me. Joy. I let, I let, it all just kind of comes out. The anger and rage that sports give me, I just hold it all in. That's very that's that's it's that's not very healthy. good for you. It's yes. not healthy no, entirely. At all. No, it's See, totally unhealthy. I in public, I typically rein stuff in. At yeah. home, it is <laughs> ooh doggy. It is something to behold. Yeah. yeah. So it was a nice little kick in the nuts right before we came back uh, to start hour number three, having to say yeah, it's six two. Uh, <laughs> It's a little bit of that rage inside of me. Uh-huh. Just, you know, sits a little bit more, but I just I go, know, yeah. Okay. I can see a little twinge in your eye. You're like, 
No, actually, it's uh, it's six two, and they're just uh, shelling Verlander right now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. As I didn't know who it was, but I just wanted to stand up and yell "f you, bud." Um, <laughs> but I say that all on the inside, yeah. and and that's that's the just a little take a look. <laughs> we'll see how I we'll see how I fare. Um, <laughs> maybe that doctor's appointment is coming down the road that we talked about at the beginning of the show. All right, um, let's get back to foosball, shall we? As we've got uh, Pac-12, we're already halfway through the college football season. Word. Halfway through, six games into the regular season. It's almost done, folks. doesn't feel like that. No, and so it's always good to take inventory of where we're at at the quarter or the half quarter pole, halfway pole, uh, three quarters of the way, and then obviously at the end. But as it looks right now, the Pac-12, man, is I, – I don't know if there's any big surprises to me at this point in the Pac-12 season other than – I, I think that if you look at it, Utah being four and two right now, I thought that they would be a one loss team. Um, sure. But at the same time, I, I was really high on UCLA to enter this season. If I look at the conference as a whole and just what I've seen with my own two eyes and now watching these teams for half of a season, Colorado's far and away the worst team in the conference. And I, I don't think it's even close. <laughs> I mean, they're the worst team in the country. Right. You've got Stanford. I think they're the. Second to worst team in the conference. I would have them at 11th right now just because of they are so razor thin. And I don't know where a win. Look at Stanford's schedule the rest of the way. Where is a win for Stanford? This week they go to Notre Dame. Then they have Arizona State. Then they go to uh, UCLA. Washington State at home. At Utah. At Cal. BYU at home. Your two chances for wins in the next two weeks, Notre Dame and Arizona State. Arizona State probably uh, – I'm Notre Dame almost beat BYU yeah, this Notre past Dame's week. also really bad. And they have to go on the road to South Bend. Oh, that's – nah, never mind. You have I'll to go to Arizona Notre State. Dame. There you go. Arizona, Arizona State. State. That's, the, that's the one. Right? Or they're going to get funky and screw with UCLA somehow. I mean, Sure, sure. If that, if that's the, but this isn't UCLA. That's finesse. This is a physical team mm-hmm. that will smash it down Stanford's throat, which has been exactly how Stanford has played the wrecker uh, late in the year. Mm-hmm. My question is for the Pac-12 right now, because really everything I think is going to like according to plan, with the exception of maybe UCLA and Utah swapping spots. Who's going to be the team that steps on the landmine? That's the question for yeah. me. Well, in looking at it, I mean, if you can continue working your way up after Stanford, you got Arizona State is probably around like at or near the bottom. So is Arizona, then Cal. Like, there's a wide margin from kind of like seven on down to which I, I think like mm-hmm. Washington. Like you can make an argument for Washington, Oregon State uh, to be interchangeable at that six seven yeah. spot, right? They're, they're going to be really tough outs, but but this is where it kind of that that conversation of the landmine happens, right? Who are the landmine teams in the Pac-12? Because at the top of it, you've got USC, I think, is the best team in the conference so far just because their defense has been playing well. Their offense has kind of come back down to earth, but their defense continues to create turnovers. Ben, but don't break. UCLA, with that win over Utah, they've got a great win under their belt, and, and they are undefeated, followed by Oregon and then Utah, and then I got the Cougs at, like, fifth. Mm-hmm. If you fair. look at those land. Those landmine teams are the Cougs, Oregon State, Washington, Cal, 
in I, I maybe mean, Arizona State, maybe. Yeah, considering I mean, what they did to Washington, maybe. Yeah, but then again, how good is what? Like Washington is one of those teams where oh. we have one of these teams every single year, mm-hmm. right? And it is the one team that is highly ranked at the beginning of the year, and then they just fall off the face of the earth, right? This is the whole idea of, hey, Texas is back, or, hey, here comes the U coming up, and the U is going gonna, is gonna to be an issue. I think if you look at it this year, the teams that we can look at and say, yeah, these are the ones that were way overhyped at the very beginning of the year, and they change narratives about schools. I think both of the teams that I, – actually, I won't put BYU on there, but I will put Michigan State as that team. Like That was like a measuring stick win for UW, right? Mm-hmm. Michigan State – and I'll put Florida in that too. It's a short stick now. Yeah. Michigan State has – I mean, they've fallen flat on their face. They've lost four games in a row since that – uh, Washington game. Oh. They've lost four straight games. Washington, Minnesota, Maryland, and Ohio State, right? That is, if you look at, at that Michigan State team, they're going to be the ones that you look back and you're like, man, we thought really highly of of Washington because of that Michigan State game. Why? You know, because they, they beat up on two inferior opponents to start the season. Everybody's like, yeah, move them on up. Let's go. Um, it made sense a, then. You know, a team that could also be in that conversation, except for the fact that they went to a Rose Bowl last year, so it was, it was warranted, is is Utah. If Utah loses two more times this year, that's a four-loss team. Yeah. That was that was ranked in the inside of the top ten um, at a point in this There's year. There's always two or three of those every year that are ranked inside the top 12, top 15, that inevitably the wheels fall off, whether it's injuries yep. or over-expectation or – just underperformance. And realistically, Utah should be a one-loss team right now. We've said this a thousand times as far as they should have beaten Florida. They were in control and had control and took care of the game until they didn't. They lost. And that, that, they was, lost. that was a game that Utah lost that Florida did not win. Um, but they got – I think that game – I think UCLA did dictate that game against Utah. Mm-hmm. But I think there's two plays in that game. The opening – interception where UCLA is able to get a short field and get an early score that kind of set the tone. And then the cam rising fumble in the third quarter when Utah was driving, it was still a, a one score game. Mm. I think that if, if Utah goes down and scores there, that game is very different. UCLA could end up winning, but I think that game is very different in how it ended up going. Mm. Um, but that's kind of, that's how football works, man, is you get those scores that go one way or another in a game and it ends up being, ultimately writes a story for a season. Is it? That's what's both great and so utterly frustrating about football is that a coin flip or a singular play can be what ignites or destroys a season. Yep. And if you look at those landmine games, you know who could be the landmine team this year in the Pac-12? It could be Cal. Mm. Cal could be that landmine team. Okay? Follow me on this. So Cal is a team where they are predicated on defense, right? They Their offense can be anemic at times, but they are a defensive-minded team. Cal plays Oregon the week after they play UCLA, mm-hmm. okay? If Oregon gets a win over UCLA, it is a big win. Then they go on the road to Berkeley, and they have to play in one of those weird games against 
Cal immediately after one of those big wins. Mm-hmm. That could be one of those ones where you have an Oregon team exhale from passing a big test and then go into a team that will just punch you in the mouth and try to grind it out on the ground and on the defensive side of the football, right? Then you have UCLA has Cal after they play USC. Mm. The last game of the regular season is in Berkeley for UCLA. So, like, we have these landmine teams in the conference every year where, will Cal get both of them? No. Will they they get get one one of those? And one of one of those teams steps on Cal and it blows up because it's in Berkeley. That Cal could be that team that you just go, oh man, because at that point in the year, if if UCLA beats USC, they're like, hey, we're on easy street right now. We got but this thing. If they drop the Cal game, it's it, all it over. Them, and here's the thing, and this is why I have, as as the USC guy, I have pointed to the Utah game. If they got to Utah undefeated and they if they go to Utah and they beat Utah, they finish with at Arizona, at home at Cal, at home against Colorado, at UCLA, at home against Notre Dame. If they take care of Utah, they get Arizona, which should be something they handle just fine. Then they get Cal at home, then Colorado. So your preparation leading up to UCLA, your your eyes are focused. Yep. And then it's on down to the final two games of the season. Yeah, you got to get past that Utah team. That's the thing first. is, if they get by Utah, it is. It's a, that's it, this weekend. It, that's going to be it, so fun. It is a big ask. But my, my whole thing this year, when we talked about my expectations for for USC, was nine wins. Mm. This season has a chance to get special with a win this weekend. Yep. I can't believe uh, what we've seen through the first half of the season in the Pac-12, especially because. We're sitting here at the halfway pole, and you have got four teams in the top 25, USC, UCLA, Oregon, and Utah. And you have got two unbeaten still in USC and UCLA. And they look the part, man. They they both look the part. Up front, UCLA is going to give everybody issues. Mm-hmm. And that that's exciting to me. Yeah. Like, that's, re- that's, that's really exciting that we have of – of the three teams that you sit there and you say, one loss Oregon, they're not getting the playoff because of what happened week one. Uh, but USC, UCLA, and then Oregon, of those teams, like you look at the fatal flaw of all of them, of all three of them, mm-hmm. and USC's thin up front. They are they, very they do not have the depth. They're, they're one injury away no. from falling apart. Yes. On both but, on both lines. But their starters are good. Yes. Their defensive line has got to be get better as the season goes on, but offensive line, like it, that's not where the mismatch is. No, from they, all three of those teams from UCLA, it's on both fronts. Yeah, right. And that's the thing is that's the Pac-12 has what part of the reason they have been in shambles for years is yeah. that they sucked in the trenches, which doesn't make any sense. As far as like recruiting the South, da 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 da, go look at where offensive linemen come from. They come from the Midwest, they come from the Deep South, and they come from California. And what the problem has been is that those California linemen, they've been leaving. Mm-hmm. Last couple of years. They've been coming up to they've, Oregon. They've been coming up to Oregon, and then Chip brought in transfers, and all of a sudden USC started getting back to the guys. they Listen, even in the bad years, you had NFL offensive linemen churning through USC. The problem was over the last four years, they stopped or recruiting or were able to recruit those guys, and now all of a sudden they have a couple Ooh. NFL guys on both sides. 503-250-1080 is a fan text line. 
Uh, it's looking like a three-horse race heading down the final stretch at the halfway pole of the Pac-12 season. SC, UCLA, both one loss or undefeated, one loss in conference play is Oregon, and then uh, one loss in conference play, too, is the Utah Utes where uh, they can get back on the right track. They're in this conversation again if they pull off a win this week against USC. Uh, Devontae Adams, he's got some explaining to do. Danny and Dusty on the fan. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular-season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Danny and Dusty on the fan. All right, Devontae Adams got some explaining to do after Monday Night Football last night. Hmm. It wasn't the... 17-point lead that they blew that did him in, or Hunter Renfro running into him, or the fact that he dropped a a double-caught, I should say, a ball. Mm-hmm. That would have been a first down. I probably could have put him in field goal range to um, to win the game. That, that got him in trouble. It was all of that coming together yes. in one amazing clip, where as he was walking off the field, he shoved a, I don't know what the guy, I think the guy was a lighting guy for one of those stand-up shots part, on TV. Part of a camera crew. Um, but he shoved like a production worker um, as he was exiting the field and going into the tunnel. And immediately everybody went, uh-oh. You could hear the ching of his bank account immediately hitting. Well, for several reasons. Um, he'll be fined by the league. Uh-huh. Uh, and the league is now telling NFL media saying that the NFL is contemplating a suspension for Devontae Adams uh, because he shoved the worker. Well, now it's getting even deeper as the production worker himself has filed a lawsuit against Devontae Adams and is pressing charges or is trying to press charges, filed a police report because he ended up going to the hospital last night <laughs> due to his injuries. It didn't look like the, the shove was that much, but this dude is going to end up getting a chunk of change out of Devontae Adams. That was a full two-hand shove. It was a full two-hand shove. It was. And it, the guy was, wasn't even expecting it. Like, Devontae Adams, like, just looked up and shoved the dude. He went flying. Yeah, and listen, I, I've reached out and talked to a few people who uh, covered him in Green Bay and, and know him. They all were shocked by this. This is not. This isn't Antonio Brown. 
No. Devontae is not a guy who typically gets caught up in this stuff. Well, it happened. And it happened. And he's going to have to pay, and he's going to have to physically pay. Yeah. And he probably is going to get a, a one-game suspension, I would imagine. Um, watching it back, it, there's no excuse for it. Let me, <laughs> let me put that there. Oh. Now, oh, well, I make an excuse. But uh, I think it was one of those situations where, I don't know about you, but I've been in a situation not in, a, in, in like a, a lost NFL game, but something where I was severely pissed off in a certain situation and had my eyes down mm. and looked up and ran into somebody, and I ran him over. Yeah. Like a very similar situation. Yeah, but he shoved him. Like, and and, and that's, that's a bit different. And is I that think that's like... a difference. But I, my thought process is he's pissed off, which no excuse for how he acts. But I think he gets kind of caught off guard by the guy coming across his face because he's looking down. Yep. And I think his immediate reaction, because he's pissed off and in the wrong space, and instead of being responsible and gathering himself and going, you know, pulling his hands back, yep. they go the other way. Yeah, it's good. See, but what does that say, though, if that's his immediate reaction? You know, I mean, you, you could say that maybe this isn't yeah. in his character, but I mean, if that's his immediate reaction in that instance. Then he's in a bad place. There is so much aggression and adrenaline and everything is just all right when a game ends. Yeah. It, it, I, I understand that he got upset, but you know what? There's hundreds of guys every week uh, that lose games and they don't end up shoving workers at a stadium as they're leaving, right? And so, I mean, that is also taken into consideration that, like, although all of those, the, the adrenaline and the the anger, that did play a factor, and that is probably not the picture that he wants himself to be painted in, nor has he ever painted himself in, really, across the league, that it showed last night and it was caught on tape and it's a terrible look for him. And now the Kansas city police are saying that their assault unit detectives will um, have an investigation and upon completion, they will coordinate with the applicable city or state prosecutors to determine any acceptable charges. Um, So you have that and that's a horrible look. And I think his, I don't know. His apology kind of landed a little weak for me, too, because he tweeted out, sorry to the guy I pushed over after the game. Obviously very frustrated with the game the way it ended, and he ran in front of me as I exited. Uh, that was my reaction, and I felt horrible immediately. That's not me. My apologies, man. I hope you see this. Well, if immediately you felt horrible, why do you need to have your tweet up, my man, I hope you see this? You just immediately said, I am so sorry, and you would you picked him up if you immediately felt horrible for it <laughs> or gone back and said it to his face. <laughs> I, I think that's the other part of this is that I think sometimes you run away from stuff when you screw up. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I, all right. No, I'm not going to judge Devontae Adams and pay him as a horrible human being because he's, I don't think he, he just, is. He just screwed up. It's a big mess up, and uh, he's going to pay for that uh, financially both to the NFL and probably to that photographer or, or lighting guy or whatever, sound guy or whatever the hell he was that was in the stadium because that dude filing a police report, that just says it, he's going to try to get some money out of him. He's going to try to milk this for as much as he can. And uh, Devontae Adams, probably going to have to learn your lesson, huh? I mean, one way or another, and again, again, this is not a guy who has any incidents marring. Yeah, I, I don't history. remember anything happening. No. With, with Devontae Adams before. I could be wrong, but um, we'll see. Hopefully it's know. not the beginning of the, I mean, I had a f- more than a few people who were like, oh, that's, that's just the Raiders rubbing mm-hmm. off on him. 
Yeah, as this person says, you guys said last week, Jordan Poole deserved to be punched for shoving a guy like that. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, that doesn't change. No, it doesn't. The lighting guy had gone up and put thrown hands on yeah. Devontae. Just and I'll say the same thing about uh, Devontae Adams as I did Jordan Poole. I doesn't. It does not change. Like they're not a horrible person. But if you, if if the camera guy would have gotten up and swung at Devontae Adams, yeah, you two hand shove the guy. Yeah. Them's the <laughs> like rules, you t- folks. You, you two hand shove somebody. That cameraman just fell on his butt and looked up and I'm like, what just happened here? Yeah. Because he wasn't even anticipating. Anything because no, he was looking over. the other way, like he was, <laughs> he was like literally minding his own business, trying to get the TV <laughs> shot. Like, what is happening? Oh yeah, all right. Five zero three two five zero ten eighty. That was seem, somehow, some way, was the fourth weirdest thing that happened in Monday Night Football. This is Danny Dusty right now. Is Rust with Sports Center. And Portland's sports leader, 1080, the fan. All right, we said we were going to put a pin in this when we were having a conversation earlier about coaches, first year coaches. Matt Rule has been fired. Who's is the next coach to go? Because I got a candidate. I mean, you're not going to go this way, but I'm going with Hackett because he's Daniel Hackett. He is just <laughs> think about every game management situation. Yeah, he's gotten it wrong. Right? Like, has there been a game management situation where you're like, ah, oh, you nailed that one? Yeah. No, I, he's crashed it into the cliff. Uh, they won the toss and deferred, so I guess maybe that. I mean, was that who were they playing? I don't know. I, mean, I think that even even that matters now. <laughs> Um, okay, well, I've got a candidate for you because yesterday the head coach of the Washington Commanders, who are 1-4 and four on the season, Ron Rivera, took to the podium and was asked a very simple question, and his answer surprised even his own locker room. Why do you think the teams in the division are farther ahead at this point? Quarterback. Chose the quarterback here, though, so do you have any regrets about that, or how do you... No, I got no regrets about their quarterback. I think our quarterback has done some good things. There's been a couple of games that he struggled. Oh. Quarterback. And then the reporter goes, well, you chose the quarterback, Carson Wentz. Do you have any regrets? No regrets. That led Ron, Riverboat Ron, today, because they got a short week. They got the Chicago Bears this week. And Riverboat Ron... Uh, was asked about his comments yesterday at today's press conference. The stuff you said yesterday made a bit of a stir, and you had Alex Smith and other people out there saying stuff. What did you make of their reaction, and do you understand why they reacted the way they did? I do, but, you know, at the end of the day, I, I spoke to my team this morning. You know, we, we, I basically told them that I said some things that were misconstrued. I didn't present it properly, and that's on me. So I took accountability, told the guys that, uh, you know, I should know better, and uh, I had a bad day. So I figured, you know, feeling better today, let's move forward. So to me, as far as I'm concerned, it's really now about the most important thing. That's getting ready for football. I actually like Ron Rivera's response because it was like, dude, you asked me what the problem was. Our quarterback sucked. I was having a bad day, so I told you it was our quarterback, which it is. Normally he would say, oh, yeah, blah, 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 blame it on something else. Sure. But 
that's number one. Everybody loves Ron Rivera. Mm-hmm. Like that's just a fact. If you don't, you're kind of a weird dude. Yep. Uh, beyond that, uh, coaches aren't stupid. They know when their quarterback sucks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So for all of the like, when you hear a coach say, "All right, he's our he's our quarterback," I mean, the secretly he's saying. Uh, contractually, he's our quarterback, but if we could have literally anybody else with a pulse who could hit a 15-yard out, we would go that route. Why are you asking me this, stupid? And that's why I feel like him having a bad day, him saying that, and he's always been protective of his players. I do feel as if, like, maybe Ron Rivera feels the walls are closing in, and if they lose to Chicago Oof. on the road on Thursday night, Daniel Snyder knows how this how this will be played out. And the way that it plays out is once the team sucks bad enough and one in five with losses to the Lions, uh, Eagles, Cowboys, Titans, and then the Bears to kind of put the exclamation point on it. That'll stamp you out. Once it gets that bad, what ends up happening is some they go, all right, the team sucks. They're out of it. Let's go back to all the terrible stuff that happens with our ownership. So sure. Daniel Snyder needs a distraction. The best distraction is to fire a very good coach who you have given a crap sandwich and told to make an absolute stunning five-course meal out of. That's what Ron Rivera is doing, and he is a good coach. He may have his head fall. I hope it doesn't, though. I hope it doesn't. I kind of hope it does, but because then he can get away from that craptastic franchise. That's a good point. Sounds like the worst chopped basket ever. <laughs> <clears throat> Get some, I, but you got some chard, some arugula, and some crap, and a crap sandwich, <laughs> and a crap sandwich. Go. But outside of uh, so outside of R- Rivera, you have first year head coach Nathaniel Hackett, mm-hmm. who's just five games in. I don't think the Raiders will, just because of the coaching turnover. They're going to give McDaniel's at least two years. Yeah, they probably shouldn't, but I think they will. The other terrible team, Lovey Smith just bought himself some time because they got their first win of the year, somehow beating the Jacksonville Jaguars. We, by like they got doubled up in yards. I, and I, they're meant d- to suck. Like, <laughs> right, right. like I think Lovey yeah. took that job of like, okay, listen, you fired the last coach after like he did relatively well, but if I'm going to come in here and I'm going to, you know, drive this thing into the iceberg, it's going to be three years. I'll tell you a guy that, if things really start getting sideways on him, he'll be on the hot seat. Frank Reich in Indy. I mean, he should be fired. Like, they're they're stumbling into wins when they should not, and in the games they lose, they are a travesty. Yeah. And then Kevin Stefanski will probably get blamed for the team selling their souls for Deshaun Watson, and I, I don't think it's Kevin Stefanski's fault. I don't think it's Jacoby Brissett's fault. I think that the Cleveland Browns just sold their soul to the devil when they got – Deshaun Watson, and they deserve to lose every game. So Yeah, that's fair. He may go. But if you look at the other teams, like we have like this weird coaching stability. Like I don't think the Steelers are going to be getting rid of Tomlin anytime soon. No. They, and they shouldn't. Yeah, and they, they should not. Right? Uh, you look around outside the commanders, the Lions, do they get rid of Dan Campbell? It, it, I mean, they're getting worse. As the season go, is going on, they're getting... Yes, the defensive side of the ball is a major problem. But if you have Amon Ross St. Brown out and DeAndre Swift out, you, you can't expect to compete on the offensive side of the ball either with Jared Goff as your quarterback. He's not going to go. Um, and uh, outside of that, like there aren't any coaches that you're really feeling are on the hot seat. Outside, Maybe Cliff Kingsbury, if, if they, if they kind of spiral and sputter throughout the year. But that game, that... 
that's on Kyler Murray how they lost that game you can to say the that Philadelphia general, Eagles. The Cardinals in general is a it's because of Kyler Murray. That slide that he took like three yards. It short. was second down, but you have to have way better awareness yeah. than that if you're the Kyler giant Murray. orange sticks should be a good guiding mark. If he dives head first and gives himself up, he had plenty of room, right? Mm-hmm. But if he dives head first, he gets that first down, right? What he did was he started the slide three yards behind the sticks, and it's where you start your slide. So if if Kyler Murray, and he had an extra step, yes. he had an extra step where he could have taken that, even that other step and then given himself up, you get that first down. Kingsbury then told him to spike it, which is the wrong call, but apparently in the stadium they, were, they had an announcement in the stadium like they did the big first down Cardinals thing in the stadium – and so, like, the, the game ops people thought it was a first down. So I kind of understand from Kingsbury's aspect of why he'd be like, oh, we got a first down, spike it, spike it, spike it, because he's across the field on the entirely opposite hash of wh- where the action is happening. He didn't quite know. So his first gut is, we got the clock running, man. You need to spike that ball. No, it comes on your quarterback to know where you are on the field. That here, one should have been on Kingsbury. Here, here's my sneaky one. Okay. Cliff. Well, Cliff, yeah, that, Cliff, no, no. Cliff's the most likely to get fired. Not out of those that that list for me. Yeah, and that that's what I'm saying is that he's he he could have been, but it's not all yeah. his fault. No, but I mean they're going to because one of them one of them is making 175 million dollars and the other one is not. Dude, you want to see a guy struggle? Cliff Kingsbury is the perfect coach for Kyler Murray. If you put Kyler Murray in a traditional NFL offense, we. Boy, his little legs churning around the field. Uh-huh. Standing in the pocket. Yeah. That ain't, gonna, that ain't it, boss. Unless it's uh, Sean Payton. Unless it's Sean Yeah, unless it's offensive genius. There you go. Um, I, I have a little something for you here, though, Dusty. Did you mm-hmm. know on this day in history that the Seattle Mariners, everyone who came to the plate not named Carlos Santana had a hit? Uh, no. Yeah. No, is that today? Yeah, it's today. That's today? Yeah. Yeah, thanks. Thanks. I was just looking at him like, right. oh, wow, literally everyone but Carlos Santana has got yep. uh, five game series. Five hit. game series. Yeah. Use them all up now. Use them all that's up a, now. Honestly, that's the trend, right? Get, <laughs> get them out of the bats. All right. Uh, we wrap it up next. Danny Dusty on the fan. Straw pulled the building. She was, 96 she was already years dead. old. She was already dead. And the, the crazy thing that I, I was looking up is Angela Lansbury, when Murder She Wrote started in 1984, she was 58 years old. And we 58 pulled- years old. And I looked up the Jennifer Aniston is 53 years old right now. People in 1984 did not look like they do right now. No, mutants. My goodness, science is amazing. It truly is, because at, at 58 years old, she looked 97. Yeah, and Jan- Jennifer Aniston is like a unicorn. She's an outlier. She is, but she also looks 37. There's been, yeah. work, there's been work done. It's let's, amazing. Listen, but there's like, there's, 
We're not, we're not Joan Riversing this anymore. But those are the things where I just sit there and my brain just can't compute how some people just look so much younger than well, it's others. Money. And you go, whoa. Have you ever seen Cristiano That's Ronaldo crazy. when he was 17? Uh, yeah, he had uh, he had the wonky, snaggly teeth. Snaggly yeah. teeth and yeah. skin everywhere and hair yeah. that was all over the place. Dusty. Skin everywhere. Oh, yeah, no, it was bad. I was hoping he had skin yeah. everywhere. No, That'd was... be a little weird if he had big spots where there was no skin. It's Well, I mean, you know, but... If you ever wonder, like, if you're looking in the mirror and you're like, man, I wish I looked better, it's mm. not that you're not good-looking, it's just that you're poor. Yeah, good point. How many how many ugly, truly rich people do you know? Mm. Ah, well, that's, well, there's a lot. Well, there is, there, <laughs> no, there's, a, there's a level that you get to when you are so rich that it no longer matters. Okay, yeah, because I was like, well, let me just rifle off the list of yeah. billionaires. Yeah, I was just say, you get so rich, it doesn't, it no longer matters. But the the in between rich, yeah, they're all they're all they're all hot. I mean, you had Wilford Brimley. That guy looked fifty years old for like forty five years. The diabetes yeah, money right. kept cashing, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, diabetes <laughs> like me. Uh, but Angela Lansbury, also uh, Mrs. Potts from uh, Beauty and the Beast, was she? Yeah, yeah. I didn't know she did some voices. Yeah, I thought I honestly thought she had died like twenty years ago, like right after Beauty and the Beast. I have, there you go. I had no idea that she was still alive, but I was I was do, do happy quick, to hear that she'd made it this long. But then I was like, oh, that's a bummer. Quick straw poll. Dead ninety six. Rob, did you know Lansbury was still alive? Angela Lansbury, did you know she was still alive? Isaac Rob is wants to be on the air so bad he cannot wait to give you He's people radio. He's right here next to the door. Uh oh. Is Angela? Did you know Angela Lansbury was still alive before she died today? Yes, back to you. No. Yeah. Oh, yes. Oh. He knew. If well, it, if now, anybody Isaac, would know, it would be him. Yeah, because they played dead or they played dead or alive, um, and so he is up on the <laughs> which which actor or actresses mm. personalities and celebrities are are dead or alive. Yeah. So that was a bit of a surprise. Though ninety six years old, good run. Yeah, I mean five days away from ninety seven. Like she was. That, oh really? Listen. I have I have consistently told my wife if I make it past sixty five I have beat the hey, odds and I will I will add this the news of Angela Lansbury dying that came across the wire mm-hmm. Nick Castellanos had a diving catch to end the game for the Philadelphia Phillies it's always something <laughs> it's always something now if they were talking about that on the broadcast I don't know why they would with two outs in the ninth inning with a one run game man what a yacked one over the fence. <laughs> We know it would have been a home well, run the, then. The Dame Angela Lansbury has passed away. And there's Nick Castellanos, yeah. deep drive to left field. Um, all right. Might be a good time to uh, go home and throw on the old uh, bed knobs and broomsticks for the kiddos tonight. Oh, you know? good one. Dick Van Dyke, another guy. Mm. Lives forever. Still alive. Still alive. I, it's Isaac Robb. Yeah. He's he's here telling us still you hear alive. What I, said? I said lived forever because I thought he was dead. Yeah, no, he... He looks the exact same as he did 20 years ago. 127 years old. I I figured he was like one of the Walt Disney guys that froze himself. Yeah, he was in the new, uh, he was in that new Mary Poppins that they made. And he was still dancing around and stuff. Good for him. I'm not dancing. All right. Not anytime soon. Dick Van Dyke doing better than Danny Moran. You're not wrong. More mobile, that's for sure. All right. uh, That'll do it for us today. Coming up next, we've got prime time with Isaac and Sue. Um, They'll be on from 3 until 7 p.m. Have a great Tuesday. See you Wednesday right here on the Fan Glasses. Bye. From the hips down, man, it's, uh, it's a disaster. 
T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.